Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we have a special standalone message from our lead pastor, Jason Rollin. In this message, Pastor Jason talks on the importance of having a fresh spiritual journey with Jesus and not living on the leftovers of what God has accomplished in our past. Thank you for spending time with us today, and we hope you enjoy the message from our lead pastor, Jason Rollin. I wanted to kind of take today to talk about a message that's kind of been on my heart as I've been off the last few weeks recovering. I just feel like through the last, actually, maybe this whole year, God has been kind of speaking to me on a lot of things. And so I call this message today, Living on Leftovers. Living on Leftovers. And let's be honest, how many in the house today or at at home, you can join us, you love some leftovers. Come on, somebody raise your hand. You can raise your hand at home. You love the leftovers. Like, Like you got some leftovers from Thanksgiving in your fridge right now. Like you're just like, man, thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna eat that stuffing again and again. You know, the turkey is just, it never goes bad. It's just right, it's good, it's always there. Man, I love some leftovers. My wife, you know, and I, we always host Thanksgiving at our, for our family. And, and we only do it for one reason, and that's so that we can get the leftovers. Come on, like, that's the only reason why we're doing it. So we have plenty of leftovers, and like, what's to eat? Oh, Thanksgiving meal again? Sounds good to me. Bring it on, I'm ready. Like, I think I've had five Thanksgiving meals since Thanksgiving, and, and it's just been great. I, I, I love it, but, but I love leftovers. I don't know what it is about leftovers. It's like sometimes, the, the, the longer it sits afterwards, like I don't know what it is, like, like the molecules or the tastes or the, the, the different spices that really start to soak into the food. And sometimes, man, when I heat it up again, it's like, man, this is, this is better than when it came out the oven. Like this is amazing right now. It's so good. And, and it's funny because even at a restaurant, when we used to go to restaurants, you know, back in 2019, when we used to go to restaurants, you know, like my, we would always, my wife is notorious for always getting a to-go box to go home. How many of you are to-go box people? You're like, always give me a to-go box. You're, you're a to-go box person. I'm not a to-go box person because I usually eat the whole meal right then and there. Like I don't leave any left over, but my wife always gets a to-go box. And I always say to her, honey, why are you getting a to-go box? That thing is gonna sit in our fridge for three weeks and not even be touched at all. Like you're getting it because you feel bad because you didn't want to just waste it. But it's just gonna sit in our fridge for weeks and weeks and weeks. How many of you, you got a meal in your fridge right now from three, four weeks ago that's just sitting there? Come on, let's be honest. You know, you're in church, you can't lie. It's okay, at home, just go look in the fridge. It's there, it's in the back behind the, the casserole somewhere, okay? Man, it's, man, sometimes it just sits there and. And how many of you are like those people that like, you know, maybe it's in a Tupperware container and you'll go and do the sniff test in the Tupperware container. And, and as long as it doesn't smell like death, it's gonna go back in the fridge. Like it's still good. Like I always tell my wife too, I'm like, honey, like we don't even touch this thing. And pretty soon, like it's becoming a science experiment. Like there are things growing out of this box that are just unnatural. And why are we keeping it? Like, why are we taking the leftovers home? Like, I don't get it sometimes. And, and, and I love leftovers though, so don't get me wrong. But, but I was thinking, you know, we, we understand that the leftovers can be good. You know, they're, 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 they're tasty at times. But we all know that, you know, we, we can't live on leftovers. 
Eventually, they do go bad. Eventually, they do get moldy. Eventually, you know, things start to grow out of them that you can't eat and it's not safe to eat anymore. And eventually, the leftovers just don't last. And as I was beginning to think about this and this message for today, I wonder how many of us, spiritually speaking, are kind of living on leftovers spiritually from maybe years ago maybe months ago, maybe a time five years ago, 10 years ago, maybe 2019, where maybe God spoke to you about something. Maybe God revealed something to you. Maybe you had a time with God that was intimate and you knew that, man, God was leading your life. And, and now because of maybe everything that's happened in our world in 2020, or maybe because church has looked so much different. You know, I've heard so many statistics about church people and, and during this season that most people that used to go to church in 2019, like the, the stats of like, like 70% of those people actually are not going to church anymore. And what I mean by that is not attending in person or watching online. Like people, like they're saying that now the church is more unchurched than ever before because they've just kind of tuned out. And at the same time, I even read a stat that said 70% of pastors right now are looking for another job because their congregations have dwindled so much, they can't continue to pay the bills, and they've just struggled uh, emotionally during this season as well. And so maybe the church has, things have looked so much differently in this season that maybe we were, we're living on something that happened maybe in our past, and I believe we need something fresh for today. Like, I think we need something fresh in our lives every single day. It's great what God did in your life five years ago. Like, there are monuments in my life that I look back on and I say, God, I thank you for doing that. God, I thank you for doing that. You were with me through this situation. You're with me through that situation. God, you're faithful. But you know what, man? We, we just can't live on the leftovers. We need the fresh anointing of God every single day to make it in what he is calling you to do every single day of your life. We, we need a fresh ingredient. We need fresh uh, things coming into our life daily to really get through what God is, has intended for us. You know, the last few months for me, you know, I've been in and out of the hospital a little bit, and I found a new show that I like. You know, I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes when you're laid up or you like nowhere to go, you start doing some channel surfing. And, and I landed on the Food Network. Come on, somebody, Food Network fans in the house. But I landed on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Come on, like I had never watched that show. There's like 500 seasons, and I'm like just watching all of them right now. Like I love it. Like I love Guy Fieri and and all the different cool spots he's going to. I found a couple I went to. I was like, man, come on, like this is good stuff. But one of the things I realized in all of these spots and all these shows that are on the Food Network, they're not pulling out leftovers and making a great meal. They're not pulling out something that's been in the freezer for months and months and months. They're getting fresh ingredients, and it's the freshness of the ingredients that makes the meal just so amazing. And that's why I believe we need some fresh ingredients in our life. They don't have to be some new revelation. Oh my goodness, I've never heard that before. Sometimes it's just reminding ourselves that, yeah, we need something fresh. We need to incorporate some good old fashioned, you know, some spice and some good old fashioned ingredients back into our daily routine because 
That's what God needs to do inside of us. We need to allow him to do that inside of us so that we can truly grow and be the person that God has called us to be. Maybe you're here today or watching online and maybe you're thinking, man, your life has been so difficult this year. In life, you know, I just, I'm angry, I feel unfulfilled, I just, you know, I'm not, things aren't working out the way that I planned. Maybe my job looks so different, my, my relationships look so different. Man, I get so mad, I go to a restaurant and I, re- I forgot they're closed. And, you know, we just get angry, this life is looking so different. And maybe it's time to, to stop living on yesterday and start living on something that God wants to do right now today. Like, I think, I think we got to stop talking about the things that God did maybe five years ago and talk about the things that God did five minutes ago. Like, we need something fresh in our life in this season because I believe this season requires God's people to be on their toes and to be seeking him and to be hearing his voice above all other voices because the world is crazy and things are crazy and we need to hear from the living God, the creator of the universe, and we need to incorporate some things in our life that are really going to get us through. You know, my wife and I, we're funny uh, because we, we, we always try a new diet. Like, and I, you look at me, you're like, Pastor, you don't need a diet. You need to eat. And, and I get that. But we want to eat healthy. We want to eat healthy, you know. We want to do some things. And so we've tried every diet that's out there. We've done the keto diet. We've done the paleo diet. We even did that paleo AIP diet. You may have never heard of that. Basically, you take everything good in your life and you throw it away. It's gone. Like, that's the AIP diet right there. It's just like, you know, you're eating the grass out there with the cows. It's like, that's what the diet is. We just want to be healthy, you know, especially with everything health-wise I've been through this year. We're just trying to, to do our very best to eat healthy But one of the things we realize in this whole, like the different diets that we've tried is that if we don't have a plan, then the diet is never going to work. Like like if we don't plan out what we're going to eat throughout that week, it's never going to work because your boy going to get hungry. Come on, somebody. And if I don't have something to go to and eat, man, I'm just going to go back to the potato chips and Doritos. Come on. Like I'm just going to go back to the, the things that I shouldn't be eating. And so what we do is we'll, we'll plan like on the weekends. We'll take some time and, and we'll cook, you know, a meal or a couple of meals and kind of space them out for, for lunch and dinner. You know, we'll meal plan. And, and here's the deal. When you meal plan, you know, you're not, you're not making a meal that's going to last for the entire year. You're making a meal that's going to last maybe a few days that you can continue to have and you can go back to and something that's fresh because eventually, you know, that meal is going to be gone or that meal is going to get spoiled and you can't keep going back to it. You need something fresh. And so every weekend, again, we'll look back. Okay, what are we going to eat for this next week? What are we going to do this week? And the same is true spiritually. If you don't have a plan spiritually to incorporate fresh ingredients into your spiritual journey, your spiritual walk, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Like it's easy to, to get back into the routine of just, Flying by the seat of your pants, just go, going through the motions of life, just kind of getting up, getting to work, getting the kids off, getting the kids on their Zoom call for school or getting them wherever they need to go or feeding the dog, you know, everything you got to do. And if you don't have a plan to incorporate God into your daily routine, like, it's just not going to work. And we're going to be living on something that God did five years ago and miss what God wants to speak to you right now on. 
Like, like the leftover is great. We can remember, remember that meal, remember what God said, remember what God did. That's great. But God, he is still speaking and wants to speak to you today. He wants to draw you close today. He wants to show you how much he loves you today. This is not just something that was for yesterday or last month or last year. It's something fresh today. The Apostle Paul, when he was, when he was writing, you know, did a lot of these, wrote a lot of the New Testament. He wrote these letters, like you know, to a lot of these churches that he helped plant, helped start. And he'd always check in on them and always, you know, kind of do, you know, write a letter to them. And a lot of times his letters were in response to different problems that they were facing and difficulties. And so sometimes these letters would, would be a, a, a correction to the church that he had started. Sometimes they would be like, an in, like instructions. And a lot of times, though, he would just encourage them because they're out there in some, some city doing something, and he would just want to encourage them in what they were doing. And I think what the Apostle Paul, what he says here in 1 Thessalonians is something that we can take into our life as some fresh ingredients to really keep our spiritual journey alive and well. First Thessalonians chapter five says this. It says, brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Come on, somebody, like Apostle Paul's not pulling any punches. He's like, hey, warn those people who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And in this portion of scripture, I think Paul lays out some fresh ingredients. Not something that you're like, wow, that's like revelation. Wow, this is so new. Wow, this is like, I never heard that before. Sometimes it's just the good old reliable things that we know we're supposed to be doing that we've just neglected over time. And Paul is saying, here, I want you to bring back some fresh ingredients into your life, into your daily routine, into your journey so that you can begin to encounter God the way that he wants to be encountered. And so the first one, if you're taking notes today, if you have your iPhones out or whatever Android person you are, you can take notes today. But the first one I want you to write down is this. I think it's so important that we continue to read, memorize, and meditate on God's word. I think that that is something that, that it's so easy to neglect. It's so easy to forget it's so easy to stop. But look, I want to focus on what he says in verse 16. He says, always be joyful. In verse 16 of 1 Thessalonians, always be joyful. And he may say, well, pastor, how does that have anything to do with God's word? Like being joyful and, and God's word, like I don't get how those two actually mingle together. Well, here's what I realized in my life. If you don't have a proper perspective of who God is, it's very difficult to always be joyful. If you don't have a proper understanding of the nature and character of the God that we're here serving today, it's hard to be joyful. It's hard to have a good attitude through things. A proper perspective through God's word helps give us an understanding 
into God's nature so that whatever we go up against, whatever we may be facing, we have the ability to be joy because we know who God is. We know the, the character and the nature of the God that we're serving. Psalms 1, chapter one through, or verses 1 through 2 says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. I love that word meditating. It's kind of like in the original language, it's, it's kind of like just chewing your food over and over again. Maybe you had this, some turkey this couple of days ago and it was a little dry, it was a little rough and you just were chewing that turkey over and over again. You're like, maybe some gravy will help. That's not helping, but you're just chewing that piece of meat over and over again. That, that's what this means in the, in the original language. It says meditating on God's word. It's not just taking what the Bible says and just kind of reading something and being like, okay, great, check, I, I read God's word for today. Like, that's important, please do that. But also it means taking some time where you're just sitting there and you're thinking about, man, what does this actually say? How does this actually apply to me? How can I actually see that this is God's nature in my life? How can I trust him in my daily life and understand this is who God is? Meditating, meditating on it day and night. You know, over the last few months, like I said, we've been, I've been in the hospital twice. You know, I've, I, I've, it's been a struggle for me. Like my, my wife and I, we've been down to the Cleveland Clinic a bunch of times as well. And, you know, and it's, it's wearing to go through all the stuff that we've gone through. I'm not saying this uh, to, to have any pity or sympathy or, or I'm not saying this to brag either, but it's been wearing. It's been, it's been a lot to go through. It's been seeing doctor after doctor, procedure after procedure. And it's like, man, you know, after going through all these things that we've been going through, it's like I can still be joyful in the midst of everything that I'm facing because I know who the God I serve is and I know his nature and I know his character and I know the promises of his word and I, and I stand on those promises every day. When I was in the hospital, like this one nurse came up to me and he said, man, you're my favorite patient. I said, yeah, why is it? He goes, because you're always happy. He goes, you're in the hospital. You can't get out of bed right now, but you are always happy. And I just said, man, you know what? Honestly, it's not me. It is what God has done inside of me. That in the midst of pain, in the midst of struggle, listen, you can have joy. And this isn't just something that I'm telling you today and say, well, pastor, you set the example. That's great That's for you, but, but I'm not a pastor. I can't do that. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead rests in you, it reigns in you. This isn't just something for your pastor to do. This is something for each and every single one of us that you can do, you can obtain. You can be joyful in all situations. You can be joyful all the time because you know the God that you serve is true. You know the God that you serve is there with you in the midst of the battle. You know that the God that you serve has never left you, has never forsaken you. And, and here's the deal though, like if I didn't know God's word, like I would have a foot to stand on sometimes. And sometimes we can say, well, I think God's a healer. I, I know it. I heard that once, maybe pastor said it, 
but when you know what the scriptures actually say and you're meditating on it and you're thinking about it and you're declaring them over your life, it takes a whole different perspective of you. That's why I can sit in the hospital and say, you know what, God, you are my refuge and my strength. I'm sitting here right now, but God, I know that you're faithful. You know, that God, you made the heavens and the earth by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Like I can, I can declare that over my life. God, I know that you work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. God, I love you. I know that I'm called. So God, everything I'm walking through right now, I wouldn't have picked it, but I know that you can work all things together for good because I love you and I know that I am called. That's a promise from God. God, I know that by the stripes you took Jesus on your back, I am healed in Jesus' name. Like, I declare that over my life. Like, God, you restore my body and you heal me of all my diseases. Like, I can, I can declare that over my life. And it's not, just, it's not just saying something. It's not just speaking good thoughts. And, and, you know, this one nurse said to me, you know, I'm just gonna send my good vibes to you. I'm like, keep your good vibes. Give me some good prayers. Like, like I don't want your good vibes. Like, I, like I, I need God's word over my life. I need the promises of God. And if you don't know what God's word even says, like how, do you, how are you able to declare these things over your life when you're walking through something difficult? That's why it's so important that the, one of the most fresh ingredients you can instill into your daily walk is before you do anything, man, crack open God's word. If you don't have a, 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 the Bible app by you version on your, on your smartphone, that's one of the greatest free Bible apps that's out there. You can download it. You can do a Bible reading plan. You can do a verse of the day. I mean, I don't even care. You do a verse of the day. You take that verse of the day and you meditate on it. Say, okay, God, this is who you are. This is what your word says. I'm meditating on it. I'm declaring that over my life. Like, like if, if you don't know what God's word says and you're up against a, a difficult situation, like, what are you declaring over your life? You're gonna let fear and, and, and all these other things, uncertainty and anxiety creep in. But when you know God's word, you can combat those things with the promises of God and the nature of God. And you understand, this is who God is. God is with me through every single thing that I'm walking through. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I went to school in this, in this building here, K through 12. I'm a product of Oakland Christian School. So all the teachers are probably embarrassed. Maybe not now, but maybe 20 years ago they were. But anyway, uh, I grew up at this school and... I remember when I was like in eighth grade or ninth grade and I was in algebra class and I wasn't the best math student. I mean, some of y'all are probably great math students. I wasn't the greatest math student, like some of the algebra equations and stuff and all the things I had to learn. They're like, you're gonna use this later in life, son. I'm like, I'm a preacher, I don't need that, you know? And, uh, but at the same time, like, you know, it'd go over my head a lot of times. I would listen and I would, really try to focus, but I struggled with math growing up. And, you know, I remember, though, I used to love it, absolutely love it, when my teacher would assign a homework assignment from the book. And I loved it because in the back of the book, they always gave the odd answers to the homework in the back of the book. I don't know if y'all had that book in school when you grew up, but, man, I had that book, and I was like, praise Jesus, uh, your boy's at least getting a 50% today. Like, come on, somebody. Like, I got all the odd answers in the back of the book. I love it. 
And then I used to hate it when my teacher, I thought maybe he was demon-possessed sometimes when he would assign the even questions in the book. And I was like, man, yeah, that's wrong. Like, that's just, that's from Satan. Like, I don't know what you're doing right now, but you need to freedom in Jesus' name. Like, you need those odd answers in there too, those odd questions in there too. But I used to always think it was funny when like I, we would trade papers to grade, you know, and when I would trade papers with somebody and they would get an odd answer wrong. I used to be like, why did you get the odd answer wrong? Like, you know the answers are on the back of the book. And they're like, well, I just didn't feel right about looking. I go, I feel so good about looking in the back of the book because your boy gonna get that one right. And, I, and that's what I need right now. I need to pass this class in Jesus' name. And, 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 and I was thinking about this, you know. Sometimes we can go through life questioning, struggling, wondering what in the world is happening when God is shouting down from heaven, hey, the answers are in the book. All the answers that you're looking for, I wrote them down for you. They're in the book. I'm not hiding them from you. I'm not trying to keep them from you. All the answers are in the book. I'm just asking you to go after me and seek after me and find these answers because my nature, my character is declared and you can see it in the book and you can apply that to your life. The promises of God yesterday and then 2,000 years ago apply to you in your situation today. And the answers are, they're all in the book. They're all in the book. And we don't have to go through life wondering, I mean, what am I supposed to do? What is God thinking right now? Is he going to come through? Is this going to happen? Man, the, the answers are in the book. And one of the freshest ingredients you can put in your life on a daily basis it's getting back into God's word, memorizing it, meditating on it, reading it. Don't neglect it. It's, it's so important to what our spiritual journey is. And number two, if you're taking notes, another fresh ingredient that I was really like trying to think of a cool way to say this so that you would be like, wow, that was awesome. Retweet, you know, I, I got put this on Instagram right now because that was so powerful. But I was like, I can't think of anything because it just in itself, I think it's just powerful itself. But number two, one of the freshest ingredients you can put in your life is, is a daily prayer life. I spend time in prayer with God. It says this in First Thessalonians, again, going back. He says, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Does that mean you walk around like just always praying? No, no, no. Like I'm, uh, for my life, what it means is that, you know, I'm always in a constant relationship conversation with God. I'm always talking to God, whether it's in my head or out loud. I'm always talking to God. It's like, it's, it's not where I'm just continually sitting in a room praying the whole time, but I involve him in every aspect of my life. God, what do you think I should do here? God, what do you think about this? God, I'm struggling right now. God, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful right now. God, I'm this right now. Constantly involving him in your life. Romans 12, 12 says this, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Don't stop. Philippians 4, 6 even says this, says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all 
he has done. I love it that the answers are in the book, but we also have the opportunity to have a personal relationship with the, crea- with the author of the book. Like, like uh, that is one of the coolest things about Christianity. The being a Jesus follower is that you get an opportunity to actually have a real relationship with the God who created everything. The God who was there that formed the oceans and the earth. The God who spoke and, and a son came out of his mouth. The God who created trees. The God who, who rescued humanity. The God who was there uh, rescuing the, Egypt, the Israelites out of Egypt. The God who was there who, who rescued Daniel from the lion's dead. The God who was there that fed 5,000 people on a hillside one day. The God who was there that, that did so many amazing things throughout scripture that we can read about. Listen, he wants a personal relationship with you. It, this isn't a, something that we have a belief in God and then we're off and running. This is a constant communion, a constant relationship with God that is available to you and to me. How different would our life look if we actually involved God in the things that we did before we did them? How different would our life look like if you, before you got going throughout the day, you got up and you spent some time just saying, God, I just want to involve you in my day today. God, I just, I, I just need you in my day today. I got some meetings today. I got some things. I got some things that aren't even going to be on my schedule that are going to pop up. But God, I need your wisdom today. I need your strength today. I need you today. God, I pray you be with me. God, I thank you for all that you've done in my life. God, I just need you. See, I think so often we can neglect one of the most simple aspects of our Christianity, and that's communion with the Father, communion with Jesus, communion with the Holy Spirit. And we could just go throughout our day thinking we got it. I don't, I don't need this. Like, here's the deal. You, this may sound inappropriate, but I don't care. Uh, you would never leave your house but naked. Like, you would never leave your house going out, hey, I'm out, hey, you know what? What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Like, you would never leave your house naked. Come on, like, we would never do that. Plus, you get arrested, okay? But listen, like, we, why in the world would we ever leave our house not being covered and connected with the God of creation, the God that created everything, the, the God who loves you, the God who has all the answers, the God who can give you strength, the God who can give you wisdom? Why would we ever leave our house spiritually naked without connecting into him? Like, how much different would your life look like if before you jumped on that Zoom call for work or went into that meeting, you just said, God, I just need your wisdom today. I don't know what's gonna happen in this meeting, but God, I just need your wisdom today. God, help me. Before maybe you, you know, got in an argument with your wife, you're getting heated and you're about to, or your spouse, and you're about to just let your spouse have it. What if you just took a moment and said, God, I just pray you'd give me strength right now to have peace, to be, to be a peacemaker right now. Help me to seep different perspective. Like how much different would your marriage look like if you just, you prayed over your spouse every day? Like how much different would your, your kids look like if you just, hey, before they go, do, do whatever they're doing, man, God, I just bless them, I pray over them. Just taking a moment and just saying, God, I'm involving you in everything that I do. And my question I wanna throw at you guys is this, is that are we asking God first? Or are we asking God after we've asked everyone else? 
Because I don't know about you, but I can do that sometimes. I can get everyone's opinion on what do you think I should do? What do you think about this? What do you think? And like the last thing I can go to is God. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. What if instead of just getting everyone else's opinion, which is good, but not every opinion you need to take and apply it to your life, let's be honest. You just say, God, I want to know your opinion. I want to know what you have to say here. And God, I want to involve you in my life. I think a fresh ingredient is to come back to, to prayer, come back to a place where you're connecting with the Father again. And then number three, if you're taking notes today, is just simply this, and that's to always be thankful. To always be thankful. Remember what 1 Thessalonians said. He said, be thankful in all circumstances. So when things are good, so when you get the pay raise, get the job, get the new boat, get the new house, get the new car, that's what I'm supposed to be thankful, right? Well, sure, we bless every good and perfect thing is from above. Scripture says that. But also be thankful in the times that, that don't look that good as well. You can be thankful in the times that it didn't work out the way that you thought it should work out. You can be thankful in the times you say, God, you know what, man, I thought this would be better for me, but God, I trust you. I know your nature. I know your character. And God, I'm, I'm, le- I'm being led by your spirit. God, I'm thanking you right now. I don't know why I'm going through this, but God, I thank you in the midst of it. I can always be thankful for something in the midst of whatever I'm walking towards, whatever I'm walking through. Like, I just find it funny sometimes. Like, you know, I can, I can thank God for my son and his 10,000 questions that he asks me every single day. Like, like, I don't know, come on, parents. Like, you got a kid that is like asks you a bunch of questions and you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, just peace and quiet, please. Here's your iPad, go away. I mean, like we can all get there, but you know, I thank God for that because you know why? Because that means that he still values his dad's opinion. I, mean, I thank God for that. I thank God for my house, even though you know our houses need repairs. It may not look like the house you dreamed about. It may not have the, the white picket fence or the situation that you thought it would look like when you were younger. But you can say, God, I thank you for my house because it gives me an opportunity to raise a family in this place. It gives me an opportunity to have warmth. It gives me an opportunity, God, to... To, to have a home. God, I thank you for that. Like you may be able to say, you know, things like, you know, God, I, I thank you for my job. You know what? I mean, sometimes you may hate your job, but I bet you at one point you were praying for that job. And now you say, God, you know, maybe it's not the best job in the world, but man, God, I thank you that I have an income right now because I know there's people out there in the world that don't have an income. And God, I thank you that even though maybe this work is hard, Maybe it's been difficult working from home or maybe you love working from home because you never have to really get dressed in the morning anymore or just from the top up for your Zoom meeting, you know. But otherwise you're in shorts and pajamas and flip-flops, whatever, but that's cool. So God, I thank you for this job. I thank you that I have provision for my life. I thank you, God, that we have finances to be able to provide. God, I thank you for that. Like, I, man, you, you, some of y'all, we hate every morning when the alarm goes off because you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just went to sleep and I just need a few more minutes of sleep. But you know, I thank God for that alarm because that means that I'm awake today. I'm alive today. 
there's breath in my lungs today. And if I'm alive today, that means God's not done with me and that there's still work to do. And so God, I thank you that God, I can live my life today and help other people know you in a greater way. You know, I can even know my body, your body's maybe falling apart at times. Say, so God, I thank you for my body. God, I thank you for the ability that I can get up and I can preach God's word. I can, I can be there for my family. I can hug my wife and kids. I can still do things like, like thank God for things that you, maybe you at one point or you may say, man, I just hate this about myself. But you know what? You turn that, that hatred into thankfulness. Say, God, I just thank you that I am here and I have the ability to do these things. Like what if we change our perspective? Just God, I give you thanks in all things, in every single thing, even if it's bad, ugly, or what don't like it. We give God, you, you give you praise. We give you thankfulness in all things. What if you even change your perspective and say, God, I thank you that you trust me to go through this pain right now. A lot of times we don't even like pain. We don't even like a little bit of pain. But what if we change our perspective and just say, God, I just thank you that you trust me enough that you're allowing me for some reason, I don't understand it, to walk through this painful situation in my life. But God, you trust me that much that God, you're gonna draw me closer to you through this pain. You're gonna draw me closer to you through the situation. And God, through this pain, I can be a light to other people. And God, I just thank you that you trust me that much to put me into this difficult situation that I could share the goodness of God with those around me. Listen, I just believe that it's time to stop living on yesterday, on the leftovers of things that maybe God did a couple years ago. Like I said, we honor those things. We, we, they're monuments in our life. We can go back to those things and, and remember God's faithfulness. But I just think and I know that God wants to do something fresh in your life today. He wants to do something fresh in your life right now. And it's not something that we have to just say, remember five years ago when God spoke, God did that. It's just, man, remember five minutes ago what God did. And I can have a daily, fresh walk with Him. And I don't have to I don't have to, it doesn't have to be stale, but it can be fresh. And that's my prayer and my hope for you, church, that we would actually, we'd actually live this stuff out. This wouldn't be a religion. But this would be who we are in every aspect of our life. Can we stand today as we close?